Hello and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 273. My name is Emily Rainbow Davis. Thank you so much for listening. Today's blog is about a time machine, sort of. Or it's like a metaphorical time machine, but it's not the time machine post that many of you have read more recently. So, you know, the, the blog cast happens a little bit behind the cycle of the, the blogs because uh, there are more blogs than podcasts usually. So I'm a little, uh, I don't know if I'm behind. It's just they run on a different schedule. Anyway, there, there are two Time Machine posts in the space of, I guess, a month, a few weeks, uh, not on purpose. Um, but this is not that one. If you were getting fired up, for the next one, you, you, you still have to wait. <laughs> this one is about music and television and uh, references a bunch of um, music and also uh, some, some Spanish television, of course, um, and other and non-Spanish television also. Anyway, uh, it is called The Time Machine of Music. Music can be a time machine. Play Duran Duran's Rio and I am instantly transported to a carpeted spot in front of the Barbie doll mansion I'd created in my closet in the mid-80s. Put on Primus's Nature Boy and I'm in a cargo van in 1997 with several Shakespeare dudes who are wildly flinging themselves around while the Shakespeare dude driver nods his head in time. I did not like this song at the time, but... Now I do, not just because I'm angrier these days, but because of how quickly it can return me to the past. Music can evoke a time and place more directly and precisely than just about anything. Smell can be a direct line to the past. It's maybe more immediate, but it's also often less specific about time. Music is an incredibly powerful tool, which is why I'm entirely flabbergasted at a trend I'm noticing on television. Why would you use music from a different era than the one you're trying to evoke? The otherwise delightful Pursuit of Love miniseries used 80s and 90s tunes throughout, despite the fact that the show takes place in the 30s and 40s. I enjoyed hearing that Joan Armatrading song after so many years, but I couldn't tell you what happened in the show during it as I was pulled into the late 80s for its duration. It's from 1977, but it was much later that I discovered it. Then there's the show that got me all fired up about this. 45 Revoluciones, or 45 RPM. It's a Spanish show, surprise, about a pop music business in 1962. I enjoy a lot of things about it, like the way the woman music producer and her assistant deal with some overt sexism from her tech crew, or the way it models a male boss fighting for his female mano derecho. But the music is a disaster. The pop star's hit song, the one we hear over and over again, It's not a song from 1962, nor is it a contemporary song written to sound like it's from 1962. It is instead a song from 2012 that went to number one in 24 countries. 
It is a hit song from seven years before the show was aired and 50 years after the show is meant to take place. Where exactly do they want to take us in that music time machine? I hate this song choice so hard. I think they're trying to say, this artist is so ahead of his time, he sings songs from the future. Or they're trying to connect contemporary music listeners with this period drama. Or they're trying to evoke some kind of blend of time periods. I don't know. But the story of the show is a singer who nobody's seen the likes of before playing fresh new music that blows everyone's minds. Then, to represent him, the creators choose some of the most middle-of-the-road music from the last couple of decades. Let Her Go may have gone number one around the world, number three in Spain, but it is a song so banal that I only recognized it from hearing it in the grocery store on occasion and found it entirely unremarkable. No disrespect to the lovers of this song, but it does not represent a stunning innovation in pop music. Similarly, Lady Gaga's Bad Romance, which also makes an appearance on this fictional Spanish rock stars album from 1962, is not a pop revolution in any way. Lady Gaga is glorious, but she's not out here busting up pop norms. She is pop norms, albeit with wild costume and style innovations. As I continued to watch 45 RPM, it got even more ridiculous with its music, careening wildly through time, moving from total eclipse of the heart to shiny, happy people. I shouted at the screen more than once. I've learned that this show had the lowest viewer ratings ever on that channel, and I don't know if the music was what tanked it, but I feel pretty confident it didn't help. Here's the thing. All of that music featured in the show must have been very expensive. With the money they spent to clear several worldwide hit songs, they could have hired multiple songwriters and composers who could have written them songs that evoked the period and also felt a little modern. They could have had a soundtrack of new and exciting music that might have been a hit and might have drawn people to their show. Look at That Thing You Do, which is a movie about a hit song from a similar period. The title song that Adam Schlesinger wrote for it became a hit and was nominated for both a Golden Globe and an Oscar. Hit movie, hit song. Could have been you, 45 Revoluciones. Or, alternatively, they could have used actual music from 1962. They name-checked Los Picaniques, which is such a great band name, I had to look them up and listen to them. And apparently, a band called Los Brincos was an inspiration for the story. They're really fun to listen to. Is there some belief that the youth won't respond to old music? I'd like to direct you to the soundtrack of Stand By Me, which I played relentlessly as a teen, which came out in the mid-80s and was filled with mostly old 50s tunes. Because of that film, the title song, from 1961, made another journey to the top 10 in 1986. All that music placed that film firmly in its period, and it was a giant hit. It's happened before, 
the contemporary youth get super into music of the past. But maybe the youth of today are different from the youth of yesteryear and somehow can only tolerate banal contemporary pop? Somehow I don't think so. I do think they're being fed an unusually dull music diet, though. There is a flattening of sound, of genre, of time that has been happening over the last 20 years, and it can't be good for us. As Jaron Lanier has pointed out, there hasn't been an innovation in pop music since hip-hop and grunge several decades ago. Can you distinguish the sound of something from the first decade of this century from this last decade? I sure can't. It has a timelessness in its consistency and conformity. This is weird, folks. Can you imagine not being able to distinguish music from the 70s from music of the 60s? Or the 40s from the 50s? There's a little crossover, sure, but you can make a kind of generalization about pop sound decade by decade until you get to this century. I suspect that one of the reasons this weird time bleed is happening on TV has to do with that strange sameness of music. Who cares when music is from when you have no way to tell any of it apart? I start to wonder if this is connected to the conglomeration of the music business. Warner, Sony, and Universal own pretty much everything. Things like the Grammys are company celebrations of those three corporations. With the distinct lack of diversity in the business end, is it any wonder the music has had all its edges smoothed over? The same thing is happening in publishing, by the way. There are three major players who just eat up the little guys. I suspect all this leads to an ahistorical music business, which bleeds into an ahistorical film and TV business, and now we have TV shows where the music time machine takes us to all the wrong places. You set it for 1962, and half of you ends up in 2012. That is a problematic time machine. And it may extend beyond just the music in the shows. 45 Revoluciones, which I'll remind you, is set in 1962, made casual references to both the Beatles and the Rolling Stones in the dialogue. Now, I was not yet born in 1962, but even I know that neither of these bands was a worldwide sensation yet in 1962. You know how long it took me to confirm that fact? Less than a minute. I didn't even have to go to the library. The Rolling Stones hadn't even heard of the Rolling Stones until July of 1962, so there's just no way a Spanish rocker would be excited to open for a band that did not even yet have a single recorded. This sort of error, by the way, is a great example of why it's important to have age diversity on a team. I cannot believe no one on this show flagged this highly irritating detail. I think being cavalier about music's role in time is a huge mistake. It's a mistake for broken time machine purposes and that you might take your audience to a different place than you were aiming. And it's also a huge mistake in making it harder for all the other elements in a scene to establish the era. The costumes can't do all the work. Neither can the props or the production design. If you want to pull the audience in two directions time-wise, okay. But if you choose only really popular songs, then your audience will inevitably have prior associations with that music. 
the odds that something bad has happened while listening to that song for any of the millions of people who have heard it many times before are very strong. Just, you know, triggering someone's memories of their assault is one reason why you might not want to use super popular songs in your TV show. Hire a composer. The average song on Spotify has eight listens. Maybe use one of those. I don't mean to pick on 45 RPM. Everyone is doing this dumb music flattening. But there's something particularly ironic about a show that has the word revolution in its title that shows us music neither historical nor revolutionary. The show takes place in a moment in Spain where pop music was creating some interesting cracks in the regime of the fascist dictator. The show gives us glimpses of what the collision of rock and roll in Franco's Spain was like. It shows us the big dilemma of being obliged to sell out to a dictator and how people resisted, either directly or covertly. Ironically, this show has literally sold out to an entirely different sort of regime by virtue of the flagrant Coca-Cola product placement. The regime creates real problems in the lives of artists and record execs alike. Apparently, instrumental music, as well as music in French and English, escaped the censors in those early years of rock and roll just because the regime didn't take any of it seriously. I've been listening to the actual music from that era in Spain, and sure, it doesn't sound revolutionary now because we've had 50-plus years with things that sound like it. But since no one's invented a new genre in decades... Since we can't experience a current music revolution, why can't we take a trip in a musical time machine and discover, at least, what a revolution sounded like in the past? When the Rite of Spring was first performed, it was so new, so revolutionary, people rioted. We've lived in a world with that music in it for over a century, so it's not a revolution for us. But if you make a show set in the early 20th century about modernism and you don't use the rite of spring, you better play us something that sounds like a modern riot. Maybe you'll even find us our modern Stravinsky. But why not take us on a trip in your music time machine? It's a mellifluous way to travel. So I made a Spotify playlist of a lot of the music that I referenced in this post in case you need to hear some of it now that I've talked about it at length. If you want to see this Spanish TV show uh, that I'm talking about, it's on Netflix. There's only one season because uh, it did not do well. Um, and it, it actually is a good show. If it weren't for the music, I would highly recommend it. But the music is really important to it and it's really so very bad. Uh, the song that they use for the main guy, like the hit song that's in the show, is is Let Her Go, um, which I would not identify by its title, but you've probably heard it. It's slump- It goes like, And it starts to snow. Like, that's basically the, I don't, obviously don't know the words. The only word I remember is snow because uh, there's a, <laughs> he's, he's singing in English, even though it's, a, you know, a Spanish character in Spain, in Madrid. Um, 
And the way he says snow is very charming to me somehow. Snow, I think he says snow maybe. Anyway, so I remember that starts to snow is in there because I found it charming. And I was like, but that's not enough. It's not enough to, to like, like we could write a song with the word snow in it. That sounds like it's from 1962. It wouldn't be hard. I almost gave myself that challenge and started to, and then, uh, you know, a lot went down. So, so I didn't, um, but maybe I still will at some point. I'll write a little 1962 pop song that featuring snow. Uh, anyway, so that's the song that, I don't know if you remember years ago, I wrote a, 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 a piece about coffee shop music where I can't remember what I called it. Something like uh, how a coffee shop music playlist almost killed me. <laughs> and it, it's music like that. It's just this kind of like, <sighs> I, 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 yeah, not a fan. Uh, anyway, you could hear that song if you, if you are like, you know what? I cannot wait to hear the entirety of Let Her Go. It is on the playlist. So I will put the link to that playlist in the show notes. It's also on the blog itself if you want to go to artiststruggle.wordpress. Um, it's there also. So, uh, so what? So, in fact, instead of writing a song about snow in Madrid um, that sounds like it's from 1962, which again, maybe I'll still do. Um, I decided to learn a song that was actually from the 60s and by the band that this maybe was based on. Um, so I got some help from Reddit. Thank you to Balsamic Basil on Reddit, who did some research on, you know, some of the the real life stuff that the show is based on. At the beginning of the show, there's like a card that comes up and says this is based on true events or something like that. And I was like, can someone tell me which of these things might be true? Um, and and uh, luckily, my, my buddy on Reddit um, came came to my rescue and gave me some of the, the details that were only in the Spanish press and weren't in any English articles I could find. So... Los Brincos uh, appears to be the band that this show is loosely inspired by. So I learned a Los Brincos song. And I'm, I enjoy Los Brincos. Like, uh, I listened to a fair amount, you know, trying to choose which song I was going to learn. Um, so, you know, they're also on the playlist. I chose some of my favorites on, the, on that playlist. Um, but I chose a song called Un Sorbito de Champagne, which translates to a sip of champagne. Um, and I, I, I like it a lot because I think it has a kind of Spanish quality while still being kind of of the era. And it has a kind of, I don't know, it's like both pop and, and, and layered in the place where it's from, which I think is a really exciting kind of a song. So um, I'm going to play that for you in just a minute. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the podcast, please tell someone about it. If you would like to support it, we, we, it's just me. I am on patreon.com slash Emily R. Davis, uh, or there's Kofi and PayPal. All those links are in the show notes. 
And uh, thank you, you know, for listening. So, uh, un sorbito de champagne. I also just love the uh, champagne. Just, I enjoy the word champagne. I think maybe I just chose it because I like to say champagne. Um, and also another quality that this song has that I think is really, when you look at the translation of it, it's really just kind of a sweet song about, um, you know, every time I take a sip of champagne, I think of you because you taught me how to love and... It's it's kind it's a very sweet, you know, kind of romantic song. But there's a because of the way it's written, it actually sounds much more melancholy, like there's something else going on. Um, and I'm not sure what it is, but I find it very interesting. Um, so yeah, I added a bunch of harmony cuz it sounded like it wanted it. Um, and uh, I hope that you enjoy it. Here it is. Un sorbito de champán. Podré olvidar porque me enseñaste a amar con un sorbito de champán, brindando por el nuevo amor, la suave luz de aquel rincón hizo latir mi corazón. Siempre que vuelva a brindar con un sorbito de champán, brindando por el nuevo amor. Y entonces fue cuando te besé de tu mirada. Suave luz de aquel rincón hizo latir mi corazón. Entonces fue cuando te besé de tu mirada. Brindando por